Well, the weather for the whole of the south of England will continue as it has for the next few weeks. It's going to be hot and moist, with temperatures rising steadily as time goes on. There's a chance of steamy moments as we move into the... Ah, sod it. We never wanted to do this. We never wanted to be weathermen and women, making innuendos about hot atmospheres and drizzly countries. We didn't want to be child-friendly. We didn't want to bang on about being for over-18s only. We want to talk about our sexy adventures. We want to be lifestylers, leaping from bush to bush as we sail down the rivers of British sex clubs and mountains of crazy experiences. The cheeky purple mamba, the liquid silk pumped liberally into our hand, the rodeo classic brief harness complete with Tantus curve, the enjoy pure one stainless steel dildo, the hot octopus digit, the ever so short messages on fab swingers, the sexy friends on Twitter, and the mighty vanilla alternative. With my best girly by my side, we'd swing, swing, swing. Get in the gym or to your car. Our advice you could go far. We fuck things up and we make mistakes. And talk about our sexy dates. It's getting hard for this to rhyme. Just as well, cause it's bed. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Bed Hoppers podcast. My name is Mr. H. Hi, Mrs. H. Uh, today we have some special guests again, because, you know, all of our guests are special. This one is all about Fact the Bed Hoppers, where we've brought in some lovely, delightful, sexy, amazing friends uh, to come and ask us questions about us. So not literally to fuck us then. Yeah, they're going to fuck <laughs> the shit out of us. All right then. Okay, so to welcome to the show, Bradford and Angela from By the By. Hello. Hello. So, and, and we would fuck you if we could. Yeah, don't worry. I'd fuck you so hard. Uh, would you fuck us into the middle of next week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which would make oh, scheduling the show very difficult. Uh, well, yeah, but yeah. Absolutely. So if you, if you guys want to take the reins of the show and just chuck as many questions at us as you like, and we'll do our very best to answer them. But not math ones, because I'm not great with maths. Or geography. Damn, I have to, I have to <laughs> cut out all the trigonometry. Yeah. Look, oh look, God, not trigonometry. Never, is, never trigonometry. <laughs> what I've learned is that every great superhero team has origin stories. And as Mr. and Mrs. H are here and those listening at home, I think that everybody wants to know your origin stories, how you got to where you are. Don't you agree, Angela? I do agree. And I think the beginning of that would be, how did you guys meet? Well, I was bitten by a radioactive <laughs> spider. <laughs> <laughs> but you developed you some amazing powers didn't you <laughs> <laughs> um so we met while at work actually yes you were my manager for a brief period of time yeah i was like the Ooh. substitute teacher for for just a period and um or two and then uh took over mrs h's team for a while and uh yeah then she asked me out basically so that's that's how we met it was yeah. a delightful work. So she asked you Office out. Office romance. Yeah, she asked me way out. To, way to bend gender norms. 
Well, you see, it was quite interesting because on her desk, I didn't get to meet Mrs. H for a few days because she wasn't in the office. And there was this uh, desk that was laden with lots of nerd materials. So there was like a, a postcard of Gladiator, the, the movie, and some other bits and bobs. But there was also pictures of, of some children who had been forced to wear stupid outfits and put in <laughs> flower pots. Now, typically, these are the mass-produced things, but these were genuine, you know, sort of home shots of the children. I thought anyone that is mental enough to do that to their own kids must be about my 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 right level really to be fair <laughs> and i had seen you uh, wandering around the office and i i hadn't really known who you were i just caught a glimpse of this cute boyish faced spiky haired nerd who like used to shuffle through my floor occasionally not uh, a euphemism <laughs> yeah but you like had such a cute cute face and you had a little earring in and you obviously liked star wars because you always had star wars tops on and stuff and yeah, I always thought he was really cute. I had a Star Wars tie. This is true. Oh my gosh, with, with yes. Obi Wan Kenobi on it because oh that's how cool I was. <laughs> You've never been cooler. <laughs> but when when she asked me out, I thought it was for a team thing. I didn't realise it was just me. So um, she <laughs> said, oh, "Hey, do you want to come out?" Then, so, <laughs> but this was the thing. So the teams often in because we worked in a contact centre, they often went out on one particular night. So I thought, "Oh, this is the team night out." So I rocked up thinking, "Oh, this is you know going to see the team. It's going to be great. Have a few drinks, whatever." No, 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 no. It was just Mrs H sat there at the table. Yeah. And then, then her first <laughs> words to me were literally that she was bisexual. So it kind of escalated pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it checked you straight in the deep end. She misses Robinson. Well, at least she doesn't yeah. hide anything from you. That's right. <laughs> very true. Exactly. I was like, oh very God, open that's honestly. brilliant. <laughs> so yeah. what was it? What, what, what was it that you liked in her is the first question. Because she said what she liked about you. You're a boyish face, your earring, you know, you're a nerd. If you um, dare say I liked myself in her, I will literally <laughs> get up and leave. <laughs> now I've got to think I honestly expect him to say something like I liked her Babylons. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you've stolen my first answer, um, but I, I think um, Mrs. H was and still is um, beautiful, and she was um, just really alluring and really um, she she felt like a woman. Um, and you know, I guess there's a small age gap between us, but actually, she felt really confident and really in control of of her life you know later on i found that that's completely not true <laughs> but, <laughs> but i sold a good show right? yeah you sold a, a really good show and she also had some really good nerd credentials in fact that very very first night that we we caught up together i i we ended up sort of dancing on a table singing um various cartoon theme tunes well one of us did and <laughs> that didn't put her off so for me it was a it was a win-win situation Aww, so i was womanly yes wow. Womanly. My womanly charms. Mm. <laughs> so how did you, I guess, how long have you been together? Let's start with that. How long have you been together? It's coming up to 20 years now, pretty much. I think it may even pass 20 years. It may years. even pass the wow. 20 years. Yeah. And we've been married, what, 13? <clears throat> yeah. Look at me knowing dates. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Because neither one of you look over 30 at this point. So it's like, it's really... Uh, that's because it's really pixely oof. on the, the connection. Yeah, if we had a HD camera. <laughs> yeah, you'd be shocked. <laughs> Never go 4K. You forget that we've seen you, we, we've seen you in real life. Yes. IRL. So how did, you, how did you get into the lifestyle? Like at what point, if you've been together for 20 years, married for 13, where in there did you start talking about swinging? How did that come up? Well, it's a, it's an interesting one because um, 
initially we used to take a, a weekend and just chill out by ourselves and have a sort of sexy weekend where we'd bunker down in front of the TV and watch um, some sort of foreign film. International film. International <laughs> film that, that inevitably had um, small amounts of plot, but lots of amounts of nudity and sex. So, you know, and you typically find those at like, I don't know, 11 o'clock on Channel 4 in the UK. And we, we, we'd make a bit of a sex den and we'd bring all the duvets down and all the sex toys down and we'd just enjoy time with each other, often with a glass of champagne because it's Mrs. H. Um, <laughs> and, and that evolved into what else could we watch? And we kind of felt that we'd gone through all the well-known sort of versions of these films. And then we discovered um, some documentaries. So then there were sexy documentaries on uh, polyamory, I think was one of the mm -hmm. big ones that we discovered. And then we kind of, we went to Google and was like, hey, Mr. Google, what other programs are a bit like this? And Playboy Swing came up. Yeah. And that really, because it, it was an interesting one, because we were watching it from the perspective of, oh, it's it's kind of sexy and that there's people fucking, there's drama, which Mrs. H loves. And um, it was kind of this... But it wasn't porn. So it, it's not like we, we bunkered down with the intention of like watching just some mainstream stuff where people are just like jacking off and stuff. It was more of a, we want some kind of development and context around it. So that's why we used to watch the films and you know, the loose plots used to help. And then when we found the sort of documentary style things, it, it got us having good conversations more than anything and not putting ourselves in those scenarios, but more talking about what we'd seen and what we thought about it. So at the time, my mum was um, had terminal cancer and she it took took her a good, good year or two yeah. to, to actually... Um, shuffle off this mortal coil and when that finally happened um, two things we, we we really wanted to embody my mum's spirit of um, adventure and going different places and and experiencing life and but it also sort of gave us a nudge into we don't want to sit there and regret something on our deathbed so it kind of opened up a bit of a conversation around what we were interested in so then then at the thought of that, I kind of shit myself and, and that was way too complex for, <laughs> for young Mr. H or younger Mr. H to get his head around. So I spent, I don't know, six to nine months just researching, listening to podcasts, reading books, watching programs, just downloading it all because I'm a really jealous person at heart. I mean, I, I would never share uh, food with people, for example. That's kind of been bred into me. Yeah, with even you. Um, probably to my detriment. And... And it took a while for me to understand the benefits of of uh, bringing someone else into to our own endeavours and adventures. Mm, but what happened then was we went on a little holiday together. Yes, we did. <clears throat> we went off to the Canary Islands for just a little holiday, and like me and Mr H. And whilst we were there, we befriended a couple because uh, it was an adults-only zone of the hotel. But there was no kids or anything, which was nice. And um, there was topless sunbathing allowed, but that was it. It wasn't any kind of like, you know what would now be lifestyle appropriate. It was just a nice hotel with an adult only zone. Yeah. And we, we, we saw a couple there who were next to us every day on the, the sun lounges. And over the course of the week, they were all over each other. They were increasingly like putting on a little show every day, like oiling each other up and like flirting. And we kept having this conversation, like jokingly saying, Oh, I wonder if they're swingers. Not really understanding <laughs> or knowing what we were really talking about, I guess, because all we'd really Your had was context. Your direct quote was, I bet they're filthy swingers. That is swingers. not what I said ugh, at all. Uh, it's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I merely commented that. I would believe that. That, that checks out. You know, I, I think I probably just had more, um, more context around their behaviour 
because we've been watching all these programs together and we've been having these conversations. So when this couple were in front of us, pretty much making out every day, it, it sparked conversations with ourselves. Anyway, we went for a long walk one day on the holiday, came back and the couple were on the rooftop bar and they approached us and said, oh, you know, we've, we've seen you every day kind of hanging out. Do you fancy a drink? And we did have a few drinks that night. We had um, a lot of drinks. We had a lot of drinks. Shocker, I know, you know, <laughs> these things happen on our stories inevitably. <laughs> but the the point was we had a really, really, really long boozy night with this couple and it was really good fun. But throughout the course of the night, the woman uh, made a little pass at Mr. H. Um, so she she got a bit friendly with him. and Mr. H declined. Mr. H declined because he's a Jedi at heart, as we know. Um, and, and a fool. <laughs> you don't need to make out with Mr. H. This is the person you're looking for. Can, can we get that on a t-shirt? <laughs> Mr. H, Jedi. So comma, he was getting fool. a little bit, um, he was a bit like, oh, oh, this woman's like coming on to me sort of thing. Whereas I was a bit more laissez-faire and going, whoa, this woman's like making a pass at him. And this is all fun because we're all having a drink. And then we went to uh, a little disco-y bit of the, the, the hotel complex. And I've got to point out though, and, and this is irrelevant to this story, but but actually funny. Oh, okay, the yeah. disco only had three songs in it. Yeah, pretty much. There was <laughs> no they, one else there. They only had um, like Get Lucky by Daft Punk and some Miley Cyrus or Madonna track. <laughs> and really that was lame. it. And it was just three songs on loop. <laughs> However. Oh my God. So we were pretty I mean, much the only four hours. people in the club. <laughs> and the, the, the said uh, flirty woman who'd previously made a little pass at Mr. H then made a pass at me. And I did not decline... <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, the bisexual. <laughs> so I turn around and find Mrs. H pinned to the wall by this woman making out with her. I'm glad you've pointed out I was pinned to the wall. Yeah. And um, it was not the other way around. And then had a, a bit of a mental breakdown about the whole thing because. You really did. Um, for me, we'd, we kind of started watching a large chunk of the swing stuff already, and we, I was already starting to download some of this information into my brain. And I was kind of like, hang on, there's rules, there's permissions, there's regulations, there's a flowchart that must be followed in order for my brain to get my head around this, um, which turned into, I mean, the, it transpires actually that before I go into that this couple had only known each other for four days that was, and they met at a work retreat and, retreat and decided to go on holiday. Yeah, they were bonkers. Uh, they were complete, and that was the first time he'd ever seen a drunk. So he had a complete breakdown over this because he's like, "Where the fuck did this come from?" So we we then go off and have an argument that lasted about four or five hours oh about this God. whole thing, yeah. where we actually had complaints from the hotel about the the, the just yelling. And I was so, like, "Why you could oh, we wow. could have had, so, so we wait, could have had some fun? We could have uh, done this, blah blah blah." <laughs> I, I need to interrupt for a second because I'm curious. Um, tell us about. I need to know your argument style. How do you argue? I'm belligerent. Like, like, I'm not asking, how do you argue? I'm just saying, what is your all's style? So it depends. So if it's a drunken argument, it's quite different. If yeah. it's if it's an argument and we're both sober and, and of right mind and, and all that sort of stuff, then it's very, we don't really argue. We discuss stuff properly and we hmm. debate it out and go and work through it. We're very constructive. Um, however, when Mrs. H has had a drink... <laughs> she becomes a very, very belligerent <laughs> drunk. So what I can tell you is over the, yeah, you've seen that um, <laughs> <laughs> over the course of the, of that evening, when we were having arguments um, was my first ever. And I've, I think I might've talked this, about this before on the show. The first time I ever decided to write down on my phone, the notes of this particular argument. 
very wise. Because I because <laughs> Do you still have that. Uh, probably somewhere. I can tell you that I can give you a highlight of it. Um, and but what I found is is that I forget what the what my points were during the argument during the night. And the next day when I wake up, I just have this feeling of being right but being put upon by Mrs. H. I feel sort of victimised. And okay. but she won't ever believe me because she never remembers how belligerent <laughs> she is when she's been drinking. So the next day after this argument, I was like, aha, and pulled out my phone. And I've got all these notes of stuff that I've written down. And it literally was, why is she she calling me a dick? I feel really sad. I'm really upset. <laughs> Just a list of emotions. And it was just a list of how I felt. And it was like, Mrs. H says that I should fuck off. Why should I fuck off? I'm so sad. And it was just this poor descent into, I feel really hurt. But you didn't tell us why. But my arguments, which I I was convinced were were quite right and quite okay, there's none of that on there. Um, It's just just my emotions. So... Um, but yeah, so that was our, our, our talk and conversation that night. Um, but, you know, out of that was did sort of become born this sort of concept of, well, actually, if we want to explore this, let's do it in the right way and let's give me the framework that I need, yeah. but also Mrs. H the <clears throat> opportunity to explore because I think she was the really, really the one that was pushing that. I was. It was me, probably the catalyst for me was me acting on the fact that I'd not suppressed, but I'd not been able to kind of do anything with the the bisexual side of me uh, for a a very long time, even though I'd been very open when I met Mr. H because we'd been raising a family and we obviously, you know, did nothing with that. We just kind of, we were very happy, which is great, but must've been somewhere (laughs) inside of me waiting to spring out. And this particular woman that night obviously tapped into that, I think. And, you know, what emerged then was obviously a very innate desire on my part to, to revisit that. So it just came out in a very, very poorly constructed way on my part, which, you know, I, I understand was not the best way to do it. But it was really interesting that it, it came about that we had a great conversation off the back of that when we were both home and sober and not drunk anymore. And we had a series of conversations about what we could do to explore it and, you know, how it would benefit our relationship and what, what we would do together. Um, so I think even though it, it was a, a very uh, difficult night at the time, <laughs> It it did it did trigger quite a lot of very adult grown up conversations along the way, and then he's right. We did do it the right way, and we did it in a way that would protect our relationship, and you know that we would protect what we have, and it wouldn't kind of break us. Yeah. And how long ago was that? For twenty sixteen. Yeah. Twenty sixteen. That's when it was. Okay. So yeah. I'm not sure that they lasted as a couple, though, if I'm honest. No, I don't think they did for one moment. <laughs> I don't think they lasted beyond <laughs> the holiday. <laughs> but yeah, 2016 is when all that happened. And since then, we've, we are now moved on quite a bit. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of people who, uh, who consider swinging and, and think about swinging in general always assume that there's something wrong with either the relationship or the sex life uh, for people to want to do this. So can you give us a little insight into your sex life and what your relationship looked like prior to um, the Canary Islands and then maybe an update as to where you are now? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. And it's it's something we've since talked about a lot ourselves that we were we were extremely happy anyway. We had a great sex life to begin with um you know there there was nothing about me that felt you know I wanted to 
you know, be infidelious in any way or, you know, stray. And we had a, a great, great sex life. I think one of the things that, that we found over the, the sort of period leading up to that Canary Islands moment is that, you know, we, we'd have sex a number of times each week. And we found a lot of my friends were splitting up with their partners, with their wives, with their girlfriends, with whatever, uh, sort of throughout that time. And and quite often it was because um, it wasn't that the, the guys were, were not getting enough sex. It was the other way around, that the, mm. the guys just weren't stepping up to, to bat, uh, for want of a better phrase, with, mm. with their women partners. So we, we always found this really, really strange in that actually the dynamic for us has always been we have a fairly high sex drive. It's not amazingly high, but it's certainly a few times a week plus. And especially when we had the weekends to ourselves, mm. um, that's always been been really, really positive. So we were really shocked that so many people were kind of splitting up over that, that sort of thing. Or and, letting their sex lives dry up. Because, I mean, ultimately... It, you, you have to work at relationships and, you know, it doesn't just stay exactly the same, you know, 10, 15, 20 years on, you know, things are different. You get comfortable, you get complacent, you know, people get fatter, they might get older, they might look different or they might behave differently. It's not going to go at the same pace that it did when you first got together and you have to work at that. And it doesn't just, you don't just click your fingers and, and make that time for each other. You you have to give it, um, you know, the, the sort of, the, the space and the motivation that it, if you both want it to work, to, to make it happen, otherwise it just, it will dry up. And then it becomes really easy to just avoid it, step around it and just do something else and, and not worry that your sex life is gone until then you miss it. In a way, I think it's that quite often it's quite easy to put an excuse in the way of, of not having sex or not exploring or not having fun. But what we've tried to do is flip that on its head and use different things that have happened to us as a driver to try new things or try try different things out. So for, for a long period, I had to, to drive to Windsor, which is kind of like from where we are, it was sort of like almost a two hour drive. Yeah. Um, and what we found is, is that, that that really put a dampener on, you know, how much energy you've got left when you've got a full working day plus mm. sort of four hours mm. in the car. But actually what we started to find out is that that when when Mrs. H was by herself in the evening sometimes and I was driving home, we could turn that that hour or two into this really prolonged bit of foreplay where we could tease the hell out of each other on that car journey. Okay, it's probably not the safest thing to do, in fairness <laughs> in, in hindsight. But actually talking about Dear you know, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I recognize the irony given other statements around me in cars and having sexy times. Hilarious. But it was it was a really fun way of going. Actually, we we don't have the, all this time available to us. What can we do with what we do have and, and with the resources that we've got? And you know, when I've been away for work, it's been a oh, what can we do to interact? Can we send each other sexy photos, have sexy conversations, and make the most of that rather than it being a oh we can't do it, we're too far away, there's too much effort. We've we've always tried to sort of put that effort mm. in, and I think we've maintained that. I think that. The, the swinging and the lifestyle stuff has enhanced a lot of that and it's given us more options. But at the same point, we've always kept our relationship very core to everything we're doing. So we still, you know, what we don't want to do is just use the the lifestyle as a crutch for us. It always needs to be an enhancer. And the second it becomes a crutch that we just lean on, I think the set, that's that will be the moment where we step back a bit and reassess where we are in our, our relationship and our approach. And it's, it's really interesting that the, the pandemic has actually given us um, a really good opportunity to test that theory, actually, because we've not been able to engage with other people for quite some months now and because we've been very observant of safety. So since, you know, early March, it's just been, you know, 
me and you, isn't it? Yeah. And and I'm really happy to say that nothing's nothing's kind of like dwindled or gone away in terms of desire because we don't have other people now to engage with sexually we we are very much still into each other and whilst we're looking forward to you know picking up again at some point and having fun again with other people it's it's made me very very reassured that we can walk away from things if we need to or have to and still desire each other and still have a great sex life ourselves that's always a good thing to think about i guess i've never really thought about because i guess for us it's something we I don't see us not doing. I don't see us not being in this lifestyle, but to be that to be that secure and that happy with your partner to be able to say I can walk away. That's that's pretty amazing. It was really important to me that we could do that because I yeah. I don't want us to use this as the impetus for having a good relationship. It's it's so important that we still have each other at the cause as he says it's it's got to be that way because otherwise we I mean we don't play separately anyway but it for me it would be degrees of separation I think if we started to rely on it as a as a way to feel desired to each other so it's good to know that we we still want each other and only each other I think what's really important actually has been that this this lifestyle journey has to add value and I mm. think if we feel for any moment that it's not adding value then we very quickly retreat from it but it's taken us a while to kind of learn that in that sometimes some of the experiences that you go on you go on a date or you go on an adventure and it just goes fucking awful or the people end up being not what you expected and all this sort of stuff and it's made us much more wary of of who we interact with in that way and also made us much quicker to pull the plug on it because if it's if it's not an experience that we're enjoying we could just go back and have our own fun and 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 not yeah. waste our time so it's it's made us a little bit more picky and choosy i don't think we've always got that right but i've definitely seen over the last year or year and a half a much more sort of uh, effective means of kind of going okay is this something that we're liking is it something we're enjoying do we want to do it and mm. if not then just just sort of backing away pretty quick and the other thing I've, I've really noticed that we're, we're but we're both um, quite good at is we like seeing the interaction of other couples who are in a, in a very devoted relationship um, and it, it's always clear when you can see how devoted that the couple are to each other and for me that's like a really strong pull of attraction because I, I know they're in it for the right reasons and I know that they're not one of them's not being coerced into something and it's not a band-aid moment where they're just trying to pull their relationship together and using anything it, it's a real attraction for me to see a devoted couple sharing us with their relationship yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. And uh, just to add to that is, um, and for people listening at home, having spent time with you two, uh, you both are extremely devoted to one another. And I think that is it's something that I know Angela and I have been very attracted to from the very beginning. Um, you know, it, it's sometimes hard to get that over either podcasts or over Twitter or over Instagram and all the socials. Uh, but having uh, very early on when we first met you guys, uh, immediately that, that bond was so uh, so obvious um, and so sexy uh, that it was just like these these are truly good people uh, and and they're people that you know should rightfully uh, be kind of um, models models for others to sort of try to emulate and see what you do you know mm -hmm. and and how to do the same thing with their partners. 
Oh, so sweet. I, I see us being together for a long time. I, I really do. I don't see us like, I, I can't imagine a life without him. I don't think I could get away. She'd find me. <laughs> well, like conjoined twins. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't him see him you, right? she not would. being in my life in some capacity. So I, I really, and I, I hope that we continue this way. And I, I, I don't see us walking away from the lifestyle in any way. I, I, I love what it brings to us and I love what it brings to other people. So I, I do see it having some longevity. But what what I really like about this, and and, and you guys, you, you really exhibit that connection as well. And I don't mean that lightly. It's really... <laughs> oh, <mysterious>. Aliens. <laughs> yeah, it's a kind of strange beeping noise. Yeah. Boop, boop. <laughs> anyway, um, you guys really exhibit that. And I don't mean that lightly. Um, but what I love is that when we're all together or we're with, with people that we really love, um, you can all share in that. And that that sort of connection between all four of you is fantastic. And the fact that you can just chill out and hang out and no one's worried, everyone's cool, everyone's fine. That makes a huge amount of difference, which is why, okay, those those one-nighters or those experiences where you go to club, or whatever, they're fun and exciting. But those moments when you've got a real connection and you can see how everyone is into their own partner, but also is very comfortable, it makes such a difference. And it's those experiences, I think, that we've really tried to see. I just love, like, see. even if we just all cuddled in a pile and no sex happened, yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. I, I love that. What's well, true friends with benefits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit ago that you never play separately. Mm-hmm. What is your play style? How would you define it? Um, so I'm mostly playing Fortnite these days. <laughs> um, probably on PlayStation 4, but you know. Team yes, Banana for the win. And I'm mostly playing Animal Crossing. So <laughs> between us, we've got like shooty cross animals. And I could do better. I'm mostly playing the fool. <laughs> um, so our, our play right. style is very much um, in it together, um, regardless of what's going on. So we don't uh, ever play in separate rooms or, no. or, or send each other off on different adventures. We both like to be involved. And I think that, that stems a bit to the, the sort of jealousy but also knowing what's going on we both have FOMO probably me more so than Mrs H I would say you more so uh absolutely but equally I want to be around I want to see I want to see another woman give him pleasure I want to be involved in some way you want to see another man give me pleasure but it's not happening (laughs) it's not happening Um, put me in coach I'm ready to play (laughs) um I don't I don't want to imagine what's going on. I want to be there and and see it and enjoy it and benefit in some way from it. Even if I'm not directly physically involved, at least I can see and I I know that things are going okay. And, you know, not just from a safety perspective for us both, but it's, it's what we went into together, wanting to benefit together in some way. So for me, playing separately almost feels a little bit like we're, we're changing that dynamic and it would be almost too easy to fall into a trap of feeling jealous about what if someone develops emotions and feelings for somebody else and you're not there to kind of safeguard that moment and I appreciate couples can play separately and they do very successfully great if it works for them that's awesome but I I can't see myself get into that headspace mm. really typically we don't go down the single male route not really although there's been the odd exception Bradford yeah, there's always an exception <laughs> Um, hey baby hey how you doing um but i was talking to her (laughs) (laughs) um we've we've kind of typically looked for couples um we don't tend to go to clubs too much because they tend to be a fair distance away for us so we tend to have a lot of two-on-two meets or two-on-one meets uh with people 
Um, mm. And ideally, we like to build a bit of a social connection with people and know that there are kind of people. Um, and hopefully that will be much more of a, a repeat experience rather than a, just a, a one off, I think, mm. because we like to build that trust and friendship where everyone feels really comfortable. In an ideal world, what we'd like is a whole network of people that we can call upon and like have some sort of Thundercats ho signal signal in the sky where sort of everyone assembles or, or Avengers assemble uh, and we can have some sort of great, amazing party. That's the dream. But whether we either get to that or not is another matter entirely. I've also thought of another reason why I know I don't really want to play separately. And, and for me, I don't want to just go and have sex with someone random. That, that's never been a turn on for me. I don't want to just hook up with someone and have some sex. I, I want awesome sex with my husband because that's that's great. It's a shame you only get average sex now, with your husband. To, to have awesome <laughs> sex with somebody else, <laughs> to have awesome sex with somebody else, I know there has to be a level of connection. I know that I can't just bump into someone and expect it to rock my world. So for that reason, I think if I was going to play separately, it would be a long protracted getting to know them do i like them is their personality their humor their intelligence all that stuff has to has to line up for me i can't just go you're hot let's fuck it just would never happen so and for me that feels too much like dating somebody else because i'd have to go through all that stuff to get to the end result of finally sleeping with them so i i just don't see i could just go off and randomly have sex with someone else separately because I'd need all that that build up to get to that point. And I might as well just date somebody else if I was going to do that. And I don't want to date somebody else. I want to enjoy somebody else, but share that with my partner, if that makes sense. See, my approach or mental approach is slightly different in that, yeah, I could probably go out and sleep with somebody else. But if if I thought <laughs> that Mrs. H was doing that, I'd feel so jealous and it would break <laughs> me so much that I could never do it myself. So as a fair's fair, because fairness is really important to me and everyone being on an e even keel, because without that, I, I struggle to get my head around some of the concepts. So for me, yeah, I could totally go out and do that brilliant amazing adventures whatever but then if you tried doing that i'd be like no no this is awful you can't go and do that <laughs> this so must never happen it would break me so you know and i'd be so worried about what i was missing out on and not being the center of, of attention and all that sort of <laughs> stuff so I, for that reason i can't Shocker. contemplate That's a hilarious it. Hilarious reason. <laughs> yeah, but think of other fortnite you could play <laughs> <laughs> Sure. So you're going to sit at home playing Fortnite while you send me out and I'll have an adventure. That wouldn't work for you. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go out and play Fortnite, have an adventure and come back to you sitting there, <laughs> you know, doing nothing. <laughs> wow. See, not realistic at all. It's awful. I know it's awful. <laughs> so our play style is he gets jealous and we <laughs> will never, ever part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like that um, that film where they've got the, the the things on their necks where if they get too far apart they they, they blow up. So if we oh do get too God. too separated, one of us stops functioning. Jesus, wow. that's a good really <laughs> um, And for the record, I think everybody out there knows which one of you stops functioning, <laughs> Mister H. <laughs> she seems to be doing just fine. Also, I love yeah, the I idea that you. I love the idea that you believe you could go out and hook up with somebody. Uh, <laughs> I, I suffer from that as well, where I'm like, "Oh, I think I could go out and hook up with somebody." And since you know we play separately, I, we can't, buddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! The th in theory, I think is the key phrase there. In theory, yes, we could. Fair enough. Fair yes. Enough. In theory, yes. I, in theory. I do have one uh, caveat to add to that. This is only, for some reason, this only applies 
to a, a male dynamic for me, I think I'd be, I think I'd actually be better if I was just going out and meeting up with a woman. <laughs> there yeah, you go. It. I can have double standards on my own. <laughs> that does, hey, hey, I respect that. You know what? You can have any standards you want, gorgeous. As long as it works for you. That's right. <laughs> and see, there you go, Mr. H. You could have the same thing, like, and I'll be waiting. <laughs> Okay, Bertha, this, this is open then for uh, <laughs> the next week only <laughs> for you. Now I have one question about that, though. If he's basically Australian Mr. H and you're British Bradford, is it really playing with another guy or is it just like masturbation? Playing. Is it just playing with yourself? <laughs> it is onanism, isn't it? It really is. I think, I think there is a hint of that. I think there is a, there is a slight sl- slide of that in there. Ooh. For want of a better phrase. <laughs> this all seems um, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, that Mrs. H is just still pissed off that she missed us kiss, frankly. I am. Really yeah. annoyed. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. annoyed. It was really lovely. Mm, thank you. Brilliant. Um, Happy for you both. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I believed that. Um, so tell us about some of the super high highs and the super low lows that you've gone through. Um, let's do the the highs first. Let's get the ups before we go to the downs. Okay. Allow me to, to indulge myself on, on one of the highs. Here. You often do. Yeah, yeah I know. I'd say, you know, becoming slightly famous for it. However, one of my personal highs were, was uh, our first trip to desire and, and, ah. and it was spying you guys across the dining room ah. yes. because that yeah. <laughs> it was such a magical moment for me because we were sat down, we we're having having some food with some other people, and um, this delightful pair w- walked in and sat down and had had some food going on. And, and you'll forgive, have to forgive me if my memory's not quite right on this, but we we sort of started making faces at each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. so your my back was to you, and I was like, I'm looking at Angela, going, "Why are you pulling faces?" Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not something I normally do. No, she never yeah. does that. And, and we hadn't at this point physically met. Obviously, we chatted online and, and, and we'd sent, I think, Twitter and kick or whatever messages to each other. But that moment of actually physically meeting you, um, there, was a, there was a little bit of magic in the air, if I'm honest. It at least felt that way for like me. Like they imprinted on us. Yeah, it was. <laughs> they imprinted on us. Um, and it, that was just one of my, you know, it was kind of that, like we'd known you forever. Hmm. But at the same point, it was a, a level of excitement that was, amazing and that that for me was one of my most favorite moments of this whole thing because it's it's one of the touch paper moments for us being able to chat and get together and see each other and the start of our relationship as all all four of us but also it was kind of like this thrilling excitement different location magic in the air kind of moment for me i agree that's one of mine you can come up with yours mrs i have one okay um and it would be easy actually to all my highs to involve these two lovely faces because you know I have had a lot of highs in this lifestyle and you guys have been involved. That post-it note I put on my Mac here that said panda to the ego is really panning up. <laughs> yes, but this time I'm going to panda to your ego, Mr. Ooh. H, because one of my biggest highs in my lifestyle has involved you, uh, directly you. Uh, so uh, my biggest high was realising, the realisation that the morning or overnight, actually, after our first successful... Uh, meet where we full swapped with people and it didn't break 
uh, I realised that the reconnection sex with Mr. H was possibly one of the biggest highs I was ever going to get. And I wasn't expecting that. Um, it was just tremendous. And I was hooked, I think, on... It's the shape of my penis. <laughs> I, I was hooked. <laughs> I literally was hooked on the the, the kind of emotion I got. Um, I was almost giddy, but, oh my God, I've been with this guy for so long and I've just literally fallen even more in love with him if that's not sickingly awful to listen to but I really was um amazed that the reconnection could could be that awesome it, it was just amazing and and now I know that every time we do reconnect after something I, I know it's going to feel amazing not not just because it's a sexual act but just reconnecting with him is is amazing I love it so oh, you go thank you that's very nice my, my biggest high is knowing that we are awesome I think afterwards, <laughs> and, and I know a lot of people say this that that some of the biggest things for us as a couple have been the the friends that we've made and the connections that we've made, and you know many of these I say many there's not that many that we talk to that regularly, but some of them we talk to every day or every other day, and they are uh, an extended family. Yeah, and I trust really. them. They've got our back. They if we if. If life has gone shit, you know, when when Mrs. H mum's mum passed away this year, you know, we shared that news with with people, you know, that are close to us in the lifestyle pr- pretty much first. Because they're great friends. Because they're like, great friends. I've got so much love from people. It's just been amazing. But those people universally responded faster, better, stronger, harder, all the other Daft Punkanisms <laughs> that, that came out of it than anybody else in our friends group. And they were the ones that that really connected emotionally with us. So, you know, for me, it's that knowing that we've got this incredible extended family that that have got our backs and we've got theirs. You know, if, if people are having a bad day, if there's a problem, you know, we'll, we'll and I, do and everything I'm, we can I'm to increasingly help. coming to the realisation, I think, that actually the emotional connections when they happen are, are strengthened by the fact that sometimes we've had physical bonds with these people. That's great. And mm. even if we haven't had many and it's been more on a kind of social level, I still find that the fact that we can have such adult conversations together about similar things has led to stronger friendships and connections. So instantly when I feel like I need a friend on some level, my, my mind probably goes to those individuals first because we've we've got that bond already. <clears throat> I'm still in the room. <clears throat> <laughs> Obviously, you're first. You always are. And I've just given you a glowing like review of how awesome we connection sex with you. All right, let's not stop yeah. talking about me, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your ego is so big right now. I mean, it's just like it's filling up the screen. Uh, no, but you you are absolutely right I, I just want to I mean this is all about you guys but I do want to support the fact that you say um, like we we chat with each other all the time and I know that if I'm having a bad day that that's okay I think that's more important than anything else like I'm having a bad day and both of you are you know and Angela of course as well but both of you are immediately there what can I do like what is what is what can I do for you? I'm you know half a world away, but I'm immediately mm. I feel supported by you, um, you know despite the distance, and it's it's lovely. And I think that what is also amazing is you know we had a chat this week uh, where both of you kept commenting on my <laughs> demeanor. Um, like we've never seen you this quiet, and it, you know I wasn't in a good headspace, and it was one of those things that it was so wonderful for you to, for me to experience that 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 genuine care so yeah yeah we knew you weren't shiny that day what we needed to do bradford <laughs> was go out and shoot some teenagers on fortnite 
I know, yeah, I know. But it just goes to show, isn't it? You're like so many miles away, but we've even then we we knew something wasn't okay with you. Yeah. So. And also I think the cameras uh, we put around your flat helped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for what I do between the hours of one and four every day. Um, oh, we're not. <laughs> Yeah, I think it is important that people understand how, you know, these, these relationships, you know, it's, it is, it's, we go back to the friends with benefits because they're somewhere between swinging and polyamory. Um, and like, what, what is it? Where is it? Uh, shades of gray folks, shades of gray. Mm. Everything's a shade of gray, but not 50. Fuck that. (laughs) So do you want some lows now to balance out these extraordinary highs? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's there's always, Bring us always down, Mrs. Yeah, give, us, give us some dirt. Come on. <sighs> okay. So I think, so some of the lows, I, I think one, some of it stems from the fact that we've probably drunken too much and made tits of ourselves. There's 101 moments of those as we've gone on our journey where we've either been nervous or angry or upset and we've drank and something bad has happened out of that. And, mm. um, you know, we try and get a grip on that, but some, you know, it's nice to have a few drinks and it's nice to go out and, and enjoy yourself. So for for me, some of those moments where things have gone wrong have often been associated with, with drinking a bit too much. And it's not just me, it's not just you, it's other people as well. Yeah, drink can really um, damage a, a night, you're right, very and, quickly. And I think we've seen more than our fair share of that. A particular low for me was when we, we met with a, a couple and we very nearly called social services oh, to, yeah. to help her. And I think Oof. that that really struck me as, as how... Um, how bad it can get. How bad it can get. If you don't have your relationship right, um, you know, no one should be forced into this. No one should feel like they shouldn't have to be, you know, they should be here. It's, and this was a real incident. I think we called it um, Special Brew. It um, was Special Brew, yeah. Um, and it's, I, I don't know, it's one of our very early episodes that we talked about it, but actually going to someone's flat um, and seeing that this this poor woman was being treated the way that she was and her just asking us for help and we did what we could to help her but it, it that was awful and that really showed me that there's a, a a negative side to the lifestyle and not everyone is as happy and as go lucky and as joyous as we are when we when it works you know for some people this is a horrible thing and we we really worried about that person and it really affected us and i think that's it really informed our kind of we want to see demonstrations of couples being happy and being on the right side and doing the right thing for each other because you know we, we don't want to be dragged into some sort of dispute and you know we've had couples split up with mm. well we've been there and that's been another thing that's happened not because and, of us we hasten to add no not because of, of our actions <laughs> but because of the reasons they got into it yeah. wrong. Okay. um yeah i'm sure we've split up a fair share of couples sadly but you know um joking aside it was just we've seen some of those moments where relationships have broken down and they just weren't strong enough to survive or maybe they shouldn't have even been relationships in the first place and that's a real difficult horrible dark place to go to it's really difficult when you know that the reason they're they're getting in themselves into swinging or or whatever it is they're trying to achieve is because they're trying to save a relationship in some way yeah and it they don't give it the credence or the respect it deserves to treat their relationship as the priority and it's it's really upsetting when you see how it's going to end before they themselves can kind of see that coming and it's it's not nice to be part of it in some way and, and not 
kind of able to kind of stop stop it from happening but yeah that, that's on them i mean they're adults but it it, mm. it can have a really bad impact on a relationship if you don't give it that that respect i think the other thing that i'd i'd chuck into that mix as well is that that sometimes this this whole adventure can influence your in a positive and a negative way your approach to your own body confidence and we've you know we've not long done an episode on body confidence and for us we've been on both sides of those coins where actually we felt really confident we worked hard and this has driven us because we're you know putting ourselves in front of other people and we want to do the best for our partners to to really make the most of of who we are and what we look like and at other times it's really knocked our confidence because we don't Mm. feel the best like we're putting our best foot forwards and and it can it can really leave you feeling down and that that you're never going to get to where you want to be you're never going to present your best self and and that can be a real terrible blow to your confidence and and it can influence everything that you're doing so we you know we try not to do that but sometimes you know we one of us and it's, it's normally just one of us is, <laughs> a, is in a is in a bit of a funk about things and and it's kind of how do you get yourself out of that and and we found that the lifestyle, you know, that can happen to anybody inside or out or outside of the lifestyle. But I think being in this does put a bit of a magnifying glass up to up to your confidence and who you are and what you present out there. I think I also think it can be quite challenging for and I, you know it's challenging for all of us, but it can be challenging for men in particular if they're sensitive because often men don't compliment each other. They often don't talk about. Um, you know, these sorts of things. And so, you know, I think there is a bit of a thing around that, that we need to look at as a whole lifestyle community, but you know, I, I can't influence that that much, but I'll do what I can. Mm-hmm. Should I talk about one of my uh, lows then? I, I will my say before, before Mrs. H mm-hmm. goes, I just want to say uh, great doors swing on small hinges, uh, meaning that, you know, for every little bit that you do, it, it helps swing that door uh, a little more for somebody else. Mm, that's true and you know it's it's annoying sometimes that it's it's always women that are like oh i feel so lacking in body confidence but you know miss is absolutely right it happens to men too and we we shouldn't take their you know we shouldn't take it away from them that they have the, the capacity to kind of reach out and say i'm not feeling okay either <laughs> hello and i think yeah. it's that that complimenting men thing as well and and i know i bang on about it a lot it's it it doesn't take a lot to go oh nice shoes or oh nice beard or whatever you know just a small thing like you say bradford can can really start to 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 become part of people's approach to life so so mrs h tell us yeah the low i was going to talk about um is is probably in some way linked a little bit to that but actually my biggest regret is that um a bit early on in our journeys, I didn't understand the importance of asking for what I wanted and not communicating properly what I wanted from a, a play experience. So I think I almost put too much pressure on the the situation itself would drive the pleasure I got from it. And if that didn't happen, that's down to me not maybe asking for what I wanted to make it better. So I may not have communicated how I like to be played with, or I may have not communicated well enough that I didn't like something or that I, I would like something different. So again, that that's my own, my own um, fault really for not recognizing that it's really, really, really okay to, to drive it yourself and ask for what works for you. 
Otherwise, it's a pointless play session. And, you know, I did come away from a couple of encounters feeling like that was rubbish. But actually, was it rubbish because the guy didn't perform or was it because I didn't tell him what I needed? And it was it was down to me that made it a poor um, a poor session. And then I ended up regretting it and feeling like I didn't get anything out of it as much as Mr. H got out of his experience. So it's a, it was a, an important lesson to be brave enough to ask for what you want and more importantly, tell them what you don't want. But it's a low because it ruined yeah. some moments yeah. for me, <laughs> really. Yeah, But you're spot on though. If you don't ask for what you want, then how is anybody else supposed to know? We're not yeah. mind readers. Especially when I'm so fussy. <laughs> it's been interesting actually because we've, we've met a discerning. few. You're discerning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've met a few women along the way that, that don't masturbate and haven't really explored their own bodies particularly. So, how, you know, is, how do you expect some fella or some other woman to be able to do it for you if you if you don't yeah. know how to do it yourself? Very true. So I think, you know, I'd absolutely encourage everyone to wank, basically, is the output of this. <laughs> <laughs> but I but also the communication is so important. And if you don't communicate and open your mouth and tell somebody something, whether it be a, I'm not happy with this, or I'm not enjoying this, or could you do this differently? Or can we actually stop what we're doing altogether? Because it's it's only going to make things worse, then actually nothing's ever going to change. So can we invent the two to one wank for all? So you wank <laughs> for two minutes, communicate for one. <laughs> no, but it also goes back to a particular session. I remember when I I wanted to get out of there because I hadn't enjoyed whatever it was or I felt uncomfortable about something and I just didn't I didn't have the ability to communicate with you effectively to tell you how important it was that I needed you and only you to be the person that would put that right. Mm. So it's communication again. It's like you have yeah. to find ways of, of telling each other what you need and when you need to call it. Maybe a flag system. <laughs> Semaphores. Well, I could do my owl noise if you like, as a, as an alert. <laughs> it's, it's not going well. <laughs> Ooh, said that. <laughs> yes, that. Ooh, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Have you found the chicken noise yet? No, not yet. No. Um, it's it's on my list for the next <laughs> week. Uh, yeah. I've been very busy with work. Um, <laughs> moving on oh, what a shame <laughs> moving on so look um i don't know how much longer you guys want to go how much longer you can go but i know one thing that i really want to know is like what's the future hold for mr and mrs h of the bedhoppers what are your goals your aspirations your dreams and all that lovely wanky stuff <laughs> <laughs> well no, we, really we've... realistically though it's like what do you hope to get from the lifestyle in the in the future Okay, um, so there's, I guess there's two bits to that. What do we hope to get from it? But also what what, what is in store for the bedhoppers as a yes. thang? Um, I'll take the thang for thing first. Come on, bedhoppers TV. <laughs> yeah, but, well, uh, there, is a, there is a bit of a theory that, that goes that I would like to, to move some of the stuff into YouTube and um, sort of promote some things over there. I think for, for me, what I want to do is be in the best place where we can help the community. And I mean that really altruistically. I, we're doing this because part of it is a documentary of our stuff so we can look back and go, wow, we did this. But part of it, and the biggest part is around helping other people. And if that help is just about going, this is how we did it, learn what you want out of that. You don't have to do 
do things how we did it, but you might want to think about this sort of stuff, then then we've probably, you know, that's a win for me. Um, so we are, we, we filmed a documentary with a TV crew earlier on in the year that should be out soon at some point. So, um, hopefully we don't look like a complete pair of cunts and hopefully <laughs> we come across beautifully on television and it, and it's really inspirational and, and inspires tons of people to join the lifestyle. Not That's, like a cult. Though. Not like a cult. One Just of us. <laughs> one of No, but, but endorsing the lifestyle in a, in a positive way yeah. so that other people will, will not shy away from it because they have those negative interpretations of the stereotypes uh, uh, Outlander we have your woman (laughs) 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 absolutely so it is is about um, trying to promote this in the right way so I think the the TV show will be interesting we're we're in talks with other people at the Mm. moment to see what we can do Um, I'd like to do a bit more video work because I think it's a little bit more digestible rather than a podcast in terms of you can just pop on and see a YouTube thing for 10 minutes and off you go and probably there's a bigger audience there I suspect of people that are just going in and having a look and seeing what's going on so so that's Bedhoppers I see you know the podcast continuing um it's a little bit more interesting for everybody podcasting right now because you can't really have too many adventures <laughs> so you can't really talk about that so hence why we've been doing the the, the fuck off specials and they've gone down uh, really really well we've had some really good feedback about those um so I'm kind of next steps just see how it goes really I, I just hope we can we've got enough stuff to talk about to keep things going I don't want to be dragging the and scraping the bottom of the barrel to well, I think in terms sake. of the immediate future obviously the, the world is in a very difficult position right now with you know pandemic and people trying to be safe and that kind of thing so what happens in the next sort of couple of months will be dependent on people not being idiots and you know treating each other safety with you know how they should but it'd be nice to it'd be nice to see the world return to normal a little bit and actually start socializing with people again and reconnecting with people that we haven't seen for so long it's i've missed that i've missed seeing uh the people that mean a lot to us I think because, you know, when this whole lockdown nonsense started, we were about to launch our very first social event and we had 65 or so people yeah. all booked in to come along to that. And I, I want to get back to the point where it's safe to do it, but also have that. And, and uh, you know, we've had a massive kick, uh, not kick chat, but a, a great kick out of uh, bringing people that we know together. And, you know, with the, the feeling that hopefully because they chat to us and they like us, they might like other people that do that similar thing. So we, we've had some really great Zooms and Skypes and whatever, where we've brought some of those people together as a bit of an experiment. And it's worked wonderfully. It's been a great thing to be part of. So if we can do that on a slightly wider scale, I'm, I'm, I'd be really keen to sort of enable that and and speak for the lifestyle in a really, really positive way. And plus way. we're really social people, aren't we? we? That's what we love about all this. Like yeah. m- meeting people, like new people and people that we know already. And I miss the adventures. I miss the travel, all the stuff. So and that's the, the bedhoppers bit hmm. um for for us as as human beings and and our lifestyle adventures hmm. I, so i know mrs h is keen to try some dp at some point oh my god <laughs> where did you suddenly drop that from <laughs> well, i it, thought you were going to talk about i'd like to lose a couple of stone yes i would but no straight into the dp yeah well <laughs> you know that's what you wanted right glorious <laughs> well maybe i have to lose a couple of stone first <laughs> Put, no, put no, me you in, can, coach. I'm ready can. to play. <laughs> um, I'll hold on to your stones. <laughs> as long as you hold oh on to God. mine. 
Um, but yeah, I think physically, uh, sort of post God. DP comment, I think we're both looking to to get a bit thinner and a bit stronger and a bit fitter, um, yeah. and get back into to fighting slash swinging shape. Yeah, I want to feel less lazy and I want to feel like a bit shiny again. Like I've got some reason to not wear pajamas all day, <laughs> <laughs> like a sloth. <laughs> not like a sloth. Yeah. But I think you know. We're getting to the point now where, you know, we're watching uh, the, the rules around lockdown quite closely. Uh, we're starting to, to see people at a socially distanced level, which is quite, quite nice, but only dipping our toes into that. I think what we don't what we don't want to do is is give the lifestyle a bad name in any shape or form. So the last thing I'd want to do is run a bloody social event and it'd be splashed on the paper that, you know, the red tops the next day, swingers course, yeah. COVID <laughs> outbreak. You know, yeah, that would be yeah, like right. my worst nightmare. Well, not my worst nightmare, but, you know, oh, a Mr. H gets AIDS, you know, would be the, the worst nightmare. But oh, my God. But, Christ, man. <laughs> or something like that. That escalated yeah. quickly. Oh. Yeah, it did. But but it's that, you know, the last thing we want is, is for the lifestyle to be seen in a really negative light when it's something that we get so much enjoyment out of it. So we're mm. being really cautious, both from a bed hopper level, but also a personal level to make sure that we don't expose ourselves unnecessarily, but also that we don't go completely and utterly mental not speaking to friends and and mm. seeing people where we where we can balance, it's safe to do it? yeah so yeah yeah. Um, yeah yeah but that's that's kind of our our next bit i think next year we'd like to travel we we'd like to to come to australia again at some point in the future you betcha. yeah um if only we knew some people that were there that we could visit while we were there. If only we could get, actually get on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Step one, get on Step a plane. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I think there's some travel that will be done next year. Um, but it's with the way that the lockdown is happening at the moment, we don't know what's happening with our holiday allowances at work, where our investments can be. So we're just, and it's, it's, tricky to plan because we don't think that anything's going to be really travelable if that's a word until the middle of next year at the very earliest so you know we're going to have to see how things go and and, and go from there find really. ways to adapt yeah. me. well you fine. always have yeah. a place to stay here oh well in in our apartment not just yeah, australia yeah. but in our apartment <laughs> um, but there's oh, plenty of people more. in australia Aww. who love you oh all right so before we sign off do you have any final advice for first timers? Um, first timers. Okay. So I, I think the first thing that I'd suggest that you do is just make sure that you've had a bloody good conversation about it. D don't jump in because I think that le that exposes you to a whole lot of, you know, piss poor planning prevents piss poor or whatever it is type stuff. Prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. There That's we the go. One. The six P's. Peter Piper picked Seven up. Seven P's. <laughs> um, she said I, math wasn't I, her strong suit. She yeah. did say math wasn't her strong suit, but <laughs> yeah, I thought she could I, I, It's not. It's really not. But I do have um, a little bit of advice as well. And it's, it's off the back of what Mr. H has said. In, but mine is around, don't assume that jealousy is a bad thing to experience. Um, it's actually a really robust test of how you feel about each other. And jealousy sometimes can be a welcome emotion because it, it proves just how much you know you have to lose if it goes wrong. So, you know, acknowledge the fact that it will happen at some point. You might feel a stab of jealousy about things, but don't let it overrule everything and run away with you and assume that because you feel a bit jealous, it's the end of it and it's gone wrong. It just means that you have to step back and process that emotion and feel 
that jealousy and understand why it's there and then maybe adapt a little bit and move forward with it. So for me, I think jealousy is actually quite a welcome emotion sometimes. It doesn't have to be a terrible thing. I think there's something that you mentioned in there around trying again. So if you try this and it doesn't go right the first time, learn from it and try again. Mm. It's it, it doesn't have because we found that we had to try a whole lot of times to get things to a state where they were amazing and incredible. And each time we we tried something, it kind of got slightly better. But but it wasn't until we we'd been doing this for a little while that that we really felt that we were reaping the benefits. So sometimes you might you might hit jackpot and it might go extremely well the first go. Great if that's if that happens to you, brilliant. Well done you. But. For us, we found that it took a few goes to get things in the right space, for us to get in the right headspace, for the moons to align and for us to find those good relationships. So so for me, I'd say, um, you know, if it doesn't go perfect the first time around, don't don't worry. Just talk about it, learn from it and and try again. Obviously, if it goes wrong 400 times in one row, it might not be for you. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, and don't beat each other up over perhaps it. Perhaps try if something knitting. goes wrong, it's... It, it, it's not the end of the world because you're 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 there to try and work through these things. You know, you don't have to leave each other over it. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. So, look, it's it's been a wonderful time. Thank you so much for asking us to interview you. Um, it's been good to learn more about you. It's and, been great to learn more about you. <laughs> and to put more of you out in the world. Yeah, like like let the world see more of you. I do want to um, just make two comments. Uh, if I may, I was taking notes as as you all were speaking Ooh. because because I, I love and respect both of you. Um, things I learned that I didn't know before. <laughs> Number one, the bedhoppers got into swinging because that's what Mister H's mom's dying wishes were. <laughs> <laughs> She Actually, would have loved it. She she would have wanted to come with us to clubs. There's no doubt I in my mind. I love that. I <laughs> love that. There's something so beautiful and delightfully uncomfortable about that. <laughs> <laughs> she just had a zest for life, I think, and she would have just like been truly uh, approving, if nothing else, of, of uh, adventures we're having. One of the great things I, I loved about my mother, and I'll, I'll keep this quite short, but is that we, we went down to, to where she lived and, and journeyed there. And this is when she was healthy. And she said, oh, oh we're just going to, we're, we're going to go to a nightclub tonight. <laughs> and, and we're like, really? Okay. So takes us to this club and she's like, there's a lot of men here, isn't there? I'm like, mum, it's a gay club. <laughs> and before I knew it, my mother was actually on the table pole dancing no. with, with a bunch of, of gay dudes she and loved it. she loved it and, <laughs> she, and and that was her zest for life so you know i i can easily see her coming to a club and just bouncing around her, not on like that but socializing with people and <laughs> loving the the conversations and you know i can imagine it so what do you do again how does you do it <laughs> you know all that stuff would have been beautiful oh that's just that's great there's something really beautiful about that i love it that's great so clearly it runs in the family yeah, yeah definitely it's in the genes yeah um my other point that i took away was it's nice to know that one of their lowest lows did not include pizza <laughs> 
<laughs> I just thought we should never speak of it again, but you know, it probably I'm, is one of the lows. I'm not <laughs> saying anything. I'm just, if, if people are hearing this and wondering why pizza would be part of a lowest low, I think what they should do is go back into both of our back catalogs and listen to everything we've ever produced. <laughs> I think, it did. I think yeah. the pizza didn't make the list of the lowest low because it was so low that it couldn't even register. It was blocked from memory. Yeah. <laughs> but on the flip side, it had some really funny stories off the back of it. <laughs> I, I think that whole trip was, was um, th- there's so many memories that I have from that. And that was an absolute highlight. And and I think that the fact that the pizza incident happened gave us so much to laugh about. Then I don't mind being the butt of those jokes because the, the rest of the time, it just takes me back there and all of us laughing and having so much fun. So, you know, fuck you, Bradford. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to add to that and say that the only, like, I mock you about the pizza thing, but it was directly because of the pizza thing, which is why Angela was riding me behind you two while we were driving along. <laughs> it, I mean, it was, it was just that. She was like, do you want to have sex? <laughs> Like, yes, I do. Um, and so while our lovely driver was driving us around, we were having sex in the back of a van. It's very nice to have a driver, isn't it? He was a brilliant man. He is a brilliant man. He, and we love him. A brilliant man with a brilliant van. <laughs> it's not Absolutely. a van. That's right. Oh my God, that's beautiful. <clears throat> well, thank well, you guys very thank- much. Um, I think that we should uh, do a tart, a, a tart poo, a part two. <laughs> my spoonerisms here are coming out. I think we should do a part two at some point in the not uh, too far future uh, because we have more questions and I'm sure oh. you have more advice. Cool. Well, we'd absolutely love that and an excuse to talk to I you I look guys. forward to your tart poo. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe she said that with a mostly straight face. I did. <laughs> well, it, in her defense, it was kind of bisexual. Oh, terrible. <laughs> right, moving swiftly towards the end of the show. Um, thank you both for asking us so many wonderful questions. It was really nice to see your amazing faces again. Um, if anyone does want to check you out, where can they find you? I'm contractually obliged just to ask this, of course. Uh, Sydney, Australia. <laughs> uh, we are uh, everywhere podcasts are sold by the by. Um, you can find us on our Instagram, our uh, Facebook or Twitter at by the by podcast. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for joining us, guys. It's been so nice to see you and uh, we'll catch you up for a part two at some point in the undisclosed future. You betcha. Excellent. Boss, boss.